Hello and welcome to this edition of Conversations. I'm Noah Epstein. And I'm Alessandra Varan. This week we're going to talk about the WandaVision finale and upcoming Marvel projects, the state of the Cunion, and a look back on one year of the pandemic. All right, Alessandra, what's been going on lately? Oh, you know, it's that point in the semester. We should be on spring break, but we're working, so it's a little bit draining, but I'm hanging in there. How are you? We did have the uh, mental health day on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. I took that mental health day, actually. (laughs) I know a lot of people who worked all the way through it, but I woke up and made some pancakes, had some orange juice colored outside. It was great. That's good. I I had a good amount of work to do, and then, like, for a half hour, I was just, like, laying on my bed, throwing my football up and catching it because I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this half hour of this mental health day, <laughs> just uh, take some time for myself and all. Um, but as always, we have to talk about the weather. It's it's so, so, so nice out today. It's like 70 degrees, not, not really any wind, beautiful day, sunny, blue skies. It's amazing. Yeah, it's gorgeous. All the windows in my apartment are open. I am just wearing my denim jacket. I didn't have to bring anything else extra with me. I'm finally wearing my new sneakers that I got for Christmas. I've been too scared to get them dirty because of the mud. And now it's just sunny and dry and beautiful, and I'm very happy. It really is. I'm wearing slides today. I'm wearing slides, shorts, Incredible. t-shirt. Oh, my God. It's, it's awesome. Are you one of those, like, wear shorts year-round guys, or is this, like, a big event for you? Uh, Yeah, I feel like I kind of am a wear shorts year-round guy. But... Well, I'll let everyone know when I wear shorts, because it will be an actual uh, weather marker for us. It'll All be right. a milestone. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. The season finale of WandaVision came out last Friday, and fans have many different opinions on how the series ended. So first of all, what do you think of WandaVision as a whole? So we talked a little bit about WandaVision in our our last episode, and I still hold to what I said um, at that point, that though it's a bit predictable, it's fantastically executed, so I really don't care about that. Um, I think that the acting is on point, the... um, the set design, the costumes, everything. And I'm, you know, I'm a film major, so I'm looking at it from all of these different little, like the film major food groups. I'm like, okay, production, pre-production, post-production, you know, and all checks all down the list. I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, what stood out to me was WandaVision's story. Their their story, their romance, they're the best couple in the MCU. Oh, 100%. Hands down. Hands down 100%. Yeah. So I really, they executed that perfectly. I love that. But what did you think of the finale specifically? Okay, so full spoilers. Yeah, for all literally, this, we're talking about the family. Yeah, if you're still here, if, yeah. I don't know what you're doing. Um, it was, you know, epic by MCU standards. There's fighting. There's plot twists. Um, I thought it was very interesting to to have both visions there. Um, I had questions about how Vision, like the the Westview Vision, was sentient if he wasn't you know, anything more than a figment of Wanda's creation. Um, However, they kind of answered that question when she was like, oh, you're the part of the Mind Stone that lives in me. So, yeah, I don't know. The the turnaround for Wanda's character at the end, I really liked when she used the runes against Agatha. I called it while I was watching. I was like, oh, she's putting the runes on the hex and it was still cool i didn't care that i knew because it was awesome <laughs> villains have to stop monologuing <laughs> i i know <laughs> it's, they they'll never learn and even the ones that know they're like ah oh, you caught me monologuing and i'm still gonna do it <laughs> yeah um one thing i was confused about was the fact that 
they were like, oh, Agatha, your punishment is that you're going to live in this hex. And then they were like, and now we're getting rid of the entire hex. Yeah. So is it just around that. her house? <laughs> like, is she just living like, in her own little hex? Also, is she like a mind prisoner for the rest of her life? Like, that's like really scary to think about. Yeah. Like, that, I don't. Yeah. I just chose like not to think about that because that. Yeah. That's a little screwed up. But yeah, Um, for me, it was a good episode, but it was disappointing. And I was scared. I remember last week I came on and I, or a couple weeks ago I came on and I said that I really don't know how they're going to fit everything into 50 minutes or like 40 minutes because the, the credits are so long. And I, I mean, I was kind of right. Like I was disappointed. And again, like I'll say it again, Wanda and Vision's story was great. The way it ended was great with, with everything that you said, the piece of the Mind Stone. It was emotional and all. I love that. But we got teased on like so many things that nothing happened with them. Uh, Monica Rambo said she had like an aerospace engineer friend and or, or she knew someone who was an aerospace engineer and some people like some fans of the MC were like oh my god Reed Richards could that be like Fantastic Four like set up because they said they're doing a Fantastic Four movie and all that and then we got like n literally nothing with that and uh, we, we the cast members said there was gonna be a special cameo obviously nothing with that uh, they got Evan Peters who is Quicksilver in the X-Men franchise in the Fox franchise. And they bring his Quicksilver into the MCU. All to set up a boner joke. I'm going to say it on air. Like, <laughs> you could edit the front where I just said I'm going to say it on air. But it's true. It was a boner joke. Like, it was the stupidest thing the MCU's ever done. Um, it, it makes no sense. Like, they, we were all, the implications were so great. And then they all, it's just, it was just so disappointing. Just his name was, like, Ralph Boner. It just, it, and then they, like, laughed about it. It just... And then, like, even in the, the second after credit scene, you can't have, like, Doctor Strange for, like, five seconds? Yeah, okay. You can't, that's, like... <laughs> mm -hmm, that's my thing. I don't even remember the first after credit scene. It was I, the scroll. Like... The scroll. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so. Set up for Captain Marvel 2, I probably. just, yeah, I really wanted either something for Falcon and the Winter Soldier or something for Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is one of my favorite MCU characters, point blank, period. And his movie is one of my favorite movies in the MCU. So I was a little irritated that there wasn't even a granule of information about either of those. Yeah. Because full disclosure, I love Bucky Barnes, but I'm, I don't care about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I really don't. Really? Yeah, because I'm not invested in their dynamic. It's like, oh, you know, like steve's gone now so these two gotta do something and i'm like i don't care what it is i want bucky back in wakanda <laughs> like, that's what i want i mean so i'm really excited for that but i'll get to that in a second i just mm -hmm. want to say like it is my fault as i feel like a lot of people can admit it is my fault for theorizing like a lot and this might be the only time where like i theorized a lot and like literally none of it came true mm -hmm. at all but there but then again there were many hints towards things i don't know like at the end of the day, yes, I my, my expectations were really high, and it didn't meet my expectations. But then again, it was a really good it was it was a really good show. I don't way. think that you're wrong for having high expectations. Uh, the MCU, like this franchise, is one of, if not the most, epic franchises in cinematic history. The level of thought and and pre production and setup that has gone into the last you know number of years and number of films that they've put out, you deserve to have high expectations and they should have anticipated how much people were going to be theorizing. Now, I'm sure given the past that 
another season of WandaVision will come out and it will be absolute insanity. Like, I'm sure they were slow burning us for, you know, something that's going to be crazy, whether it is in the form of another season or a film or whatever they, they decide to do with it. I'm sure there will be payoff eventually. Um, but I will say that that is one of the reasons I didn't theorize because I was like, there's no way I'm going to be satisfied as great as the MCU is. I was so burnt out by the time Endgame came out. I watched everything in chronological order. I was so ready. I was making lists of like who's most likely to perish and who's going to come back and who's what's this is going to happen. I was like, my brain, like my fandom brain is just out of commission. I could not do it. So I think that, you know, I probably had a better viewing experience than the people who jumped back into to the MCU mindset did because I just... I let it happen in front of me. I mean, you nailed it when you said about MCU, you should have high expectations. I even, I tweeted out after the episode because I was, I was so, I was kind of shocked. I was like, damn, the, the last two episodes, the last two shows I've seen are The Mandalorian and WandaVision. One of them by Disney Star Wars, one of them by the MCU. And if you told me that the one by Disney Star Wars was going to exceed expectations and the one by the MCU was going to not meet expectations, I would have called you absolutely crazy. I would have thought it was going to be the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, thumbs up for unpredictability, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. But I, I know you just said you don't really care that much about Falcon Winter Soldier. This is the show out of the three, out of uh, WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier, and Loki that I was most excited for. Really? Definitely. Because I'm so excited to see how they're going to carry on Cap's legacy. Also, every time they're going to mention Captain America, I'm going to get like all giddy. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's going to be awesome. Also, uh, Barry Zemo. Barry Zemo's in it. I thought he was a really, really good and underrated villain in uh, Civil War. So I'm very excited to see. It's only six episodes. Mm -hmm. and it'll probably Honestly, be... if it was more, I don't think a lot of people would watch it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I like um, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan's chemistry together. Right? It's, yeah, it's, it's, they're it's, great. Yeah. <laughs> they're great. They're great actors, you know, individually. And like you said, their chemistry is awesome. My only thing is I, I love Steve Rogers. Love Captain America. And I love the side characters. I just am like content with that story kind of being over. I am okay seeing Falcon and the Winter Soldier as side characters in other people's stories. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, the MCU has something cool up their sleeve. I'm sure it will be good. I just am not going to get myself overly invested in something that I don't really care that much about, especially where like Wanda and Vision are two of my favorite characters ever and I was like I'm gonna wait till other people watch this and tell me if it's good or not because I'm not gonna get my hopes up you know no, no, I understand 100% that yeah. they are side characters but we'll, a, see, we'll see how it goes yeah. I'm as a rule like Marvel has the good movies DC has the good shows which you know inevitably get kind of messed up because they're on the CW but that's a topic for a different day <laughs> um, so I was nervous to see Marvel like investing more time in TV shows, but I think that it was the right move for them. So I'm cautiously optimistic, but not invested in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That makes sense. Yeah, moving on from, you know, MCU talk and bringing it a little local. Like a week ago or so, um, the SGA hosted the annual State of the Cunion, where faculty members like Judy Olian, the provost, Deborah Leibowitz, CXO Tom Ella, and some others came together to answer student questions. So I know you didn't attend it, but what have you heard kind of through the grapevine? I mean, everyone's talking about the parking fee. Everyone's talking about the 
$90 per semester parking fee for commuters. So I've heard a lot about that, mainly complaints, pretty much all complaints. <laughs> so I just wanted to know, uh, I know you have a strong opinion on this, so I want to know what you think about the parking fee. Me with a strong opinion? <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Um, yeah, I think that, first of all, it's unnecessary. Like, oh, I'm going to park my car here for 10 hours a week, so I need to pay you $90. Like, that's so stupid, first of all. Second of all, it's classist. Most people commute because they can't afford to live on campus and or they can't afford to live here and they need to work at the same time. One of my best friends lives 40 minutes away and he doesn't live here specifically because he works full time in addition to attending class. So to be like, yes, you're poor, so give us money to be poor elsewhere. Like what, it just, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, it's elitist, it's, it's very isolating for commuters. We at Quinnipiac like to pride ourselves on having this great Bobcat community, but at the end of the day, commuters aren't really a part of that community and this only further isolates them from campus life. Yeah, no, I suppose I understand that. Um, I don't have a strong opinion on it. I just think like commuters don't pay for uh, like board, room board. So, I mean, in my mind, $90 per semester isn't like that big a deal. But then again, you just brought up like really good points. So I, I, I don't like, I don't have that strong of an opinion to argue yeah. with you. <laughs> I mean, it's honestly like, it's one of those things where because of how unnecessary it is, it's just, it just feels like a kick in the face. And I live on campus right now. I didn't want to live on campus this year, but I was kind of forced to if I wanted to attend on ground classes. Um, but I will be commuting next year. And with my financial situation, when it comes to the cost of this school, living out of state, paying for my car and all of that stuff, it's like $90 is the difference between a lot of things for me. It's can I fix my, you know, my um, my engine or am I 50 bucks short on it? Can I buy more power steering fluid so my steering wheel doesn't stop working in the middle of in the middle of the road? Um, and the people at the top, the people making these decisions, Tom Ellett and, you know, people like that, they just seem completely aloof toward the fact that we're all, you know, 20 somethings who can barely afford to go here in the first place. So any other charge, it's just. Like, I'd rather pay for laundry than to pay this fee. And paying for laundry is so stupid in and of itself, you know? Yeah, there were some uh, other topics talked about during the State of the Union, like social justice, how COVID's in green level, dining, stuff like that. Is there any, any other thoughts that you have? Because I know you watched it. Yes. So I sat through the entire State of the Union. Um, I am not super like involved on campus when it comes to this type of stuff but I have made a point of going to State of the Union every year that I've been here because I find it very important to hold people at the top accountable and get questions answered if possible so I asked a lot of questions um, I actually took like pictures of all the questions that I asked so that I no one would be able to lie to me and say that a question was answered or when it wasn't um, one of the questions that I asked, um, you mentioned like social justice and stuff. So I, I asked, you know, this to be answered by Don Sawyer directly. I, I asked what 
the the campus and the Department of like Equity and Inclusion is doing to make sure that Quinnipiac is a safe, accessible, and welcoming atmosphere for students, faculty, and prospective students who are disabled. And that was one of the questions that was marked as answered. And the word disability, the word accessibility, didn't so much as come up. I was extremely disappointed. You know, we talked last week about um, me and my partners work with Ability Media. It's something that I'm really, really passionate about. And to just see them not even give that question the time of day when they can talk about the justification for building a rock wall and this, you know, elaborate 10 year plan that we clearly don't have the money for. It was really disheartening. Um, I also found it interesting, you know, Tom Ellett did most of the talking, which means Tom Ellett did most of the deflecting, which means I have beef with Tom Ellett. Um, I understand the man has a lot on his plate. Um, however, it's very frustrating to me that we're talking about, oh, people need to spend more money here, spend more money, spend more money. And by the way, give us more money in addition to the money that you still have to spend, like all of the prices going up in the dining hall, which I asked about and the question wasn't really answered. They were saying that people had a lot of leftover meal plan, but I don't think the, the solution there is to get a bunch of expensive things. The solution is to create more options for meal plan. Cause for me, I'm in Whitney Village, I live on campus, but I'm on a commuter meal plan because Whitney Village is kind of shunned by other <laughs> on-campus housing and, and things like that. So my meal plan for this semester is $300. And I come to campus two to three days a week. I cannot eat one meal on campus two to three days a week, or I will run out of meal plan halfway through the semester. Um, and the, the next option up was like 1500 or $2,000. So the lack of in-between is really the issue. And they just didn't address that at all. They were like, well, people say they have a lot left over. It's like, okay. That doesn't mean that I have to pay $7 for a grilled cheese with like one extra condiment. Um, it's frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> if that answers your question. It was a little bit of a tangent, but you know. So speaking of frustrating, let's talk about uh, the coronavirus. One year ago today, which is March 12th, most sports were canceled or suspended across the country. And one year ago on Saturday the 13th, President Trump declared the coronavirus outbreak a national emergency. Let's look back on roughly 365 days of this pandemic. So where were you when, you were, when everything happened? So I had just arrived in Washington, D.C. to intern at a national TV convention. We were expecting 3,000 students from schools all over the country and from Russia, and a couple from, I believe, China and Japan. And I got off the plane. I went to the, the hotel, was reuniting with fellow interns that I had seen the year before. And about 15 minutes later, we were notified that convention was canceled. So it was the PR crisis of a lifetime. We had to pull all of these videos together and make all of this content to make sure that these kids got something. Um, but we had to explain to people why the contests weren't happening anymore. We basically had to say, hey, welcome to STN. Welcome to DC. Here's your package. Go home. Um, there were a lot of heartbroken students, frustrated chaperones. It was incredibly difficult to deal with, especially at a time where people didn't really understand the virus. And shortly after, you know, the CEO, she had said she was like, well, I guess you guys have a couple of days in DC to do what you want. Um, 
and the weekend wasn't even through when she said, I think they're going to shut down D.C., get out, reschedule your flights, reschedule your trains, go home. So that was my experience um, in a nutshell. What about you? So one year ago today, I watched Jojo Rabbit with my brother. He was showing it to me. Great movie. I like Taika Waititi. <laughs> and I heard it was a great movie and all, so I wanted to watch it. So like five minutes into the movie, I get a tweet that says Duke has like pulled from being in the MCAA tournament. So I was like, whoa, like that's big news. Let's pause the movie. So we pause the movie. I'm looking on Twitter. I'm going on Twitter, all like like uh, tweets, blah, 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 all that. And I was like, after like five, ten minutes of that, I put my phone down. I'm like, all right, resume the movie. Let's let's get into it. We're watching, we're watching, we're watching. Like I maybe a half hour later, I get the tweet, the NCAA tournament has been canceled. And I was like, whoa, pause the movie. <laughs> and he's like, what now? And I'm like, look at your phone. So Again, we spent like an hour, not like it's like an hour on Twitter because it was like the craziest thing ever, blah, 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 all that. And then we ended up like spending six hours watching the movie because because of all the interruptions and everything. But uh, in the end, it was a good movie. <laughs> no, but in the end, it was it was crazy. Um, and that's, I mean, that's my story. I'll always remember uh, Jojo Rabbit being connected to me finding out that sports were canceled in the country. But then like, you know, it, it was weird because... Obviously, like, eventually we started to wear, like, masks in stores, and it was just, like, all weird. Now it's it's crazy. I don't know about you, but I'm, like, used to this. I'm, like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. kind of upsetting. But <laughs> I was watching I Love Lucy the other day, and I had a moment where something was going on in the show, and I was, like, well, they're not wearing masks. And I'm, like, oh, well, <laughs> you know, obviously, yeah, <laughs> because oh it's I Love Lucy, That's you know, happened, yeah. shot decades ago. I just, I have those moments. I know, it's, um, it's awful. I, I've been watching Seinfeld since, like, August, and it's, like, sometimes they're really crowded in a place, and, like, I'm, in my mind, it's, like, well, they're, like, breathing on each other. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, my roommates have been watching a lot of iCarly, and where that one is especially, it's, like, more modern and, and just kind of more topical um, than I Love Lucy. It, I just, there are those moments where they're doing something, like their faces are right up close to each other on the camera, and I'm like, stop that! That's disgusting! <laughs> you can't do that! Yeah. Um, or like Spencer will go and like make out with the, the woman of the episode, and I'm like, they don't even know each other! Like, she could have anything! Like, they could have they could have the virus! Like, and it just, I'm like, nope, nope, this was <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> um, so what was your mindset when we left for spring break? Because we left for spring break. We all thought we were coming back in two weeks. Or, or well, I'm, I'm wondering, what were you thinking? What was your, what was your mind at that time? Yeah, so I remember I saw a couple of my friends. Um, we didn't make a huge deal about saying goodbyes or anything. We were like, oh, see you in a week. Um, one of my friends was studying abroad in Italy, and she was going to come and actually be my direct roommate because my roommate at the time had moved out. Um, we were super excited for that, and I was um, super into my current boyfriend, and at the very beginning of break, right before I went to DC, I asked him out and we were like, okay, like, cool. <laughs> like, we'll be able to have our actual relationship like before the summer. And then we were like, oh no, like the 22nd, we were like, it's okay, we can wait, we can wait 12 days. And then like four days into our relationship, it was like, you're not coming back to school. And we lived 300 miles from each other or so. So it was not easy. It was really upsetting. We were like, can we do this? Um, we're doing this. It's great now, but it was it was anxiety inducing at the time. And being in DC as well, I remember even though I 
think I took it more seriously than the average person. My hands were just raw and dry because every time I passed sanitizer, I just went and like I was washing my hands all the time. But at the time, I didn't understand like if masks were more helpful or harmful. I was like, well, what if the germs get trapped in the mask and then I get the virus or whatever? Like no one really knew what was going on. So on the plane down, I didn't wear one. On the train back from D.C. to Boston, I didn't wear a mask. Um, one of my very good friends, like my my convention best friend and I went to the National Mall and we went to the National Air and Space Museum and we were like, oh, like so many of these like touch exhibits are, are closed because of COVID. Like this is so ridiculous because we just didn't understand. Um, and we were like, it's I guess it's reasonable. Like they're being safe because it was at the time that like 500 people from that church had just gotten the virus because that one person who worked there had it. Um, and, like, gave them all communion or something. So we are like, all right, like, D.C.'s kind of a hot spot. Like, I get it, but this just sucks. And no one thought that we were even going to be wearing masks into the end of the summer, let alone a year later. It's just, I almost wish I could have told myself that back then. <laughs> it would have been a really bleak conversation, but I think it's better than being like, it's fine, like, by June 25th, like, by this next random day, you know? Yeah, I remember... Um... One story I just thought of is I went I went to a bank for whatever reason and I completely forgot my mask. So it was just like it was towards the beginning and it was like, oh, I forgot my mask, which, you know, never happens now, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, I just like pulled my shirt over my face and then I was like, do I need a mask when I went into the, into the bank? Because someone who worked there and they were like, no, mask, masks are optional. And I was like, oh, OK, good. Mm-hmm. And then but I got like a lot of dirty looks. But <laughs> yeah, I remember the first day that like it was put into like law basically that you had to wear masks in public and like in in businesses and stuff in Massachusetts. It was sometime in May um, because my sisters and I were, my mom's birthday is very close to Mother's Day. So we were going to the grocery store to, to pick up like whipped cream for a cake we were making. And I was like, oh, like I forgot my mask. And so I had to sit in the car while my other two sisters went into the grocery store. because I was like, damn it, like I don't have a mask. And just to think about that now, I'm like, I would never go into a store without a mask. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you couldn't pay me to do it. <laughs> How dumb um, were we back then? He's got that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know if you can relate to this, but like I've had a, like at least a couple of dreams where like I'll just be doing whatever, you know, you do in dreams. Like I'll go into the grocery store for some unknown reason and I won't have a mask and I'll be like, oh, no, like I need to find a mask in this grocery store, like pull my shirt above my face. Like just I have a lot of like stressful dreams and that is <laughs> unfortunately one of the stressful you know topics of my dreams of like you know when like the pandemic is leaking into your subconscious that it's just at an unreal point you know i i haven't had those dreams personally but i mean (laughs) let me know when you do (laughs) (laughs) there's there's so much um that has changed obviously you know just not even just the masks but i mean the stuff that we have the physical ability to do. I mean, what do you miss the most from pre-pandemic existence? The first thing that comes to mind, which I don't want to say I miss the most, but like I miss, actually, I might miss the most. I mean, I miss going out. I miss like going out, having fun with friends, like especially like going to Toads or whatever. Like I just, yeah. I miss that so much. <laughs> and it's not even like one of those things where it's like, oh, I should have appreciated it more, blah, blah, blah. Like I genuinely like enjoyed going to Toads a lot or going out a lot with who, like, whatever friends um and i miss it a lot and i can't wait for 
stuff to get better because it will it will get better it's well hopefully i mean cases are good right now on campus mm -hmm. so we'll see what happens but I, I miss that a lot how about you what do you miss i mean i never thought i would say that i miss toads <laughs> but i really do um there is something to be said for an environment where you're surrounded by strangers who don't matter to you where you can just like let loose and like dance and sing and just be stupid and look good doing it um it's gross in there but as a concept like just being able to party or go to a club like universally is a very freeing thing and it's very much a staple of young adulthood it's this is kind of the only time where we can like fly off the walls and and it's fine because everyone else is doing it too and we just don't get that anymore and you know you've had less time to do it than I have so I, I definitely I feel you because I know how much I feel cheated um like I, I can't even imagine having like one semester of normal school and then just that concept dying but more than that it, this is going to sound cheesy like I just miss hugging my friends like I'm a very physically affectionate person Me I'm too. a theater <laughs> kid I'm a band kid so like I I come from high school cuddle piles like that's that was my life so it's been a very difficult adjustment to a not be able to see my friends as often or as many of my friends as often and then to be when I do get to see them I can't just run up and hug them and you know like hold their hand like I hold my friends hands because like I just I don't know I love I love loving my friends and can you know expressing affection um yeah, hopefully it's all over soon. Hopefully we're in the end game now and uh, we're on the home stretch and it won't be too much longer than a year. All right, that's our show. Thank you to everyone for listening to this edition of Conversations. We'll catch you next time.